You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Australia's census issues persist. Russia begins to talk about Ukrainian provocation in the Crimea. The scope of the Democratic Party hack is now thought to be far wider than previously imagined. As the FBI prepares to ask for more ability to unlock devices during investigations, Microsoft is found to have inadvertently disclosed the golden key to a secure boot back door. Samsung Pay may have a token skimming issue, a new form of ransomware abuses Mailinator, and Pokemon Go continues to give people fits. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, August 11, 2016. Australia's Bureau of Statistics remains convinced its online census platform was taken down by distributed denial-of-service attacks. Although some a priori skepticism persists in security industry circles, that the Bureau simply wasn't prepared to handle the traffic it received as a bunch of procrastinators all jumped on the net at once. There's no attribution, and the motive is thought to be the obvious one, disrupting the census. The Australian Signals Directorate is investigating and working to ensure the security of the site. The census, which is taken every five years, has been controversial in recent rounds as Australians resist being counted and categorized. Our favorite from the last one was the bloke who identified himself as Batman and dutifully reported his address as Stately Wayne Manor. Russia's President Putin has been drawing official attention to alleged Ukrainian provocations in and around the Crimean province Russia seized from its neighbor in 2015. This hasn't yet manifested itself in cyberspace, but it's expected to do so as battlespace preparations proceeds. Observers find this development disturbing. The informational tends to foreshadow the kinetic. In the U.S., the FBI is expanding its investigation into the hack of the Democratic Party. It's now believed more than 100 groups and party officials were compromised. Investigators speaking on background to the media no longer bother with coyness about attribution. They're calling the actors the Russians. Suspicions are again turning to the homebrew server used by former Secretary of State Clinton, but this remains speculation. As FBI Director Comey remarked, if the people who were after that server were as good as they're thought to be, their spore won't be easy to track. Director Comey is also signaling that he plans another push to induce Congress to give the Bureau more expansive authorities or abilities to unlock devices presently inaccessible to investigators. He believes security and privacy can achieve a kind of technical peaceful coexistence. We'll hear a bit later from Ben Yellen of the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. He'll discuss the FBI's efforts to expand the reach of national security letters. But in the meantime, we note that opponents continue to oppose giving the FBI or other law enforcement agencies a back door they could open at will, even with the due process safeguards of warrants, national security letter, and the like. Privacy advocates and techno-libertarians point to a development they think shows why back doors are inevitably a bad idea. Microsoft has inadvertently leaked its secure boot golden key. 
effectively a back door that bypasses protections and enables the possessor to unlock any device protected by secure boot. The moral, they say, is that back doors undercut security for everyone. Observers see the incident as a cautionary tale for policymakers. Microsoft is working on recovery and remediation. There's much discussion of the sharing of threat information, intelligence, and best practices, and establishing standards for how best to do that. To learn more, we spoke with Rick Lipsy, Deputy Director of the ISAO Standards Organization. So the administration uh, signed out an executive order, 13691, in February of 2015, promoting private sector cybersecurity information sharing. And to do that, uh, they proposed the establishment of information sharing and analysis organizations, ISAOs or ISAOs. To promote the establishment of these organizations and to establish standards and guidelines for how they would be established and how they would be operated. Uh, the government also called for the establishment of a non-governmental standards organization. And so that's who we are, the ISAO Standards Organization. Uh, we're comprised of uh, representatives from the University of Texas at San Antonio, LMI, which is a not-for-profit government consulting firm, and RCISC, the Retail Cyber Intelligence Sharing Center. According to Lipsy, spreading information among the cyber community is critical for success. When you look at the totality of our cyber ecosystem, uh, there is hardly a business or an organization uh, that exists today that does not depend on the cyber environment. And yet for many, they don't have access to actionable cyber threat intelligence information. And for some, even if they did have the access, they wouldn't know how to, how to use that. And so what we hope to promote through ISAOs is an opportunity for communities of interest to come together to share that type of actionable information uh, and to uh, exchange best practices. There's a community building aspect as well, not unlike crime fighting efforts in previous generations. In the 1970s, uh, this country started seeing a real increase in crime in our neighborhoods. And so as a result, many neighborhoods started establishing a neighborhood watch program. We have the same thing going on in the cybersecurity environment, and ISAOs are like a cybersecurity neighborhood watch program that, that can help us address those concerns. The real power of this comes when you consider the establishment of dozens or hundreds of ISAOs that are then on a voluntary basis exchanging actionable cyber threat information and best practices. The ecosystem as a whole is better served through voluntary uh, actions to promote information sharing than attempting to legislate it or mandate it through regulation. And so, uh, and so we believe uh, there is a, a strong and growing consensus that encouraging this type of voluntary information sharing that has obvious benefits to individual members and to the ecosystem, to our country as a whole, uh, is, is going to be very attractive. That's Rick Lipsy, Deputy Director of the ISAO Standards Organization. They're hosting a public forum in Tysons, Virginia at the end of August, and you can find out more about that on their website, isao.org. A Linux TCP flaw, apparently in place since 2012, exposes Internet users to off-path exploitation, like a man-in-the-middle attack only with no one in the middle. Researchers from the University of California at Riverside and the U.S. Army Research Laboratory demonstrated a proof-of-concept exploit yesterday at Usenix. 
Also being demonstrated this week at Usenix is another series of car hacks. This time, the exploit affects the keyless entry systems of, the researchers advertise, more than 100 million vehicles. Volkswagen is getting the press attention, including its Audi and Skoda subsidiaries, but a second vulnerability affects cars built by Alfa Romeo, Citroën, Fiat, Ford, Mitsubishi, Nissan, Opel, and Peugeot. Samsung acknowledges there's a token skimming issue in Samsung Pay, the company's mobile payment system, but the device manufacturer says exploitation is too far-fetched to worry about. Tripwire reports on R980 ransomware. It has a lot of familiar crypto ransomware functionality, but it also abuses Mailinator the better to coerce its victims. Mailinator is a legitimate app that deletes email after a specified time. If you don't pay up on schedule, you'll find that the email directing you to recovery has disappeared. F-Secure takes a look at the ransomware criminal economy and suggests a somewhat different approach for victims. Instead of either paying or stonewalling the extortionists, why not negotiate with them? After all, F-Secure says, you've got little to lose from trying, and it seems many, perhaps most, of the criminals are open to negotiation. An op-ed in Wired is calling for a code of ethics that would introduce some voluntary order and standards into augmented reality games, of which Pokemon Go is Wired's Exhibit A. The editorialist fears, among other things, that developers pay insufficient attention to the social justice and safety implications of the games. Why, she asks, should game developers not be held to account for stalking? And why should they be held as having no responsibility for ensuring equality of access to the game in underserved areas? Cultural historians may wish to compare Dr. Frederick Wortham's Seduction of the Innocent, published by Reinhardt and Company in 1954. It included a similar analysis of the social implications of comic books. But there is, finally, no shortage of places and agencies who would love to be underserved. Thailand's Telecommunications Authority has ruled temples, schools, and the Royal Palace grounds off-limits, and authorities are warning people not to walk onto busy freeways, off cliffs, or into literal minefields. And bad news for trainers in the UK. MI6 has put a stop to the placement of Pokestops and Pokemon Gyms in its headquarters. But say, we thought the hackers blew that building up in Skyfall. Anyway, all we can do is say, don't choose that, 007. We're looking out for you, Q. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security 
by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And joining me once again is Ben Yellen. He's a senior law and policy analyst at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Uh, ben, I saw a story recently, a lot of, uh, I would say, kind of breathless uh, headlines were saying that the FBI wants more power to spy on your browser history. The FBI is pushing to expand their national security letter authority. Uh, what's going on here? So the FBI is working with key senators, uh, Senator John McCain of Arizona and John Corden of Texas, on a bill to expand the power of national security letters. And I know, we, Dave, we've talked about this before. National security letters are an administrative subpoena that a government agency can use to get uh, information on electronic communications and all other types of uh, communications without a warrant. It's an administrative subpoena. Uh, one of the big issues for civil libertarians is that these orders come with a gag order. So even though these gag orders are reviewed annually, if you are a telecommunications provider and you receive one of these orders, you are forbidden from talking about it. Uh, the Senate proposal would grant the FBI power to access electronic communications transactional records, which includes a user's browsing history as well as other online records. This is a new authority under the National Security Letter Statute and would give the FBI wide latitude in getting not just you know website in- information from internet service providers, the metadata who's visiting, but also uh, personal information, browser history, which can reveal a lot of private details uh, about people's lives. So w- why is the FBI pushing for this? Is, is it a matter of velocity that they don't want to be slowed down by the process of, of getting warrants? What's, uh, what's, what's their story? I think that's a large part of it. The national security letter is a very useful tool for the FBI because there is no involvement from the judicial branch. There is no prior judicial approval approval for national security letters. So it is a way of accessing information with expedience. And they have become far more prevalent in the last 15 years post 9-11. So it will be interesting to see whether the Senate, which is I think evenly divided on this issue, how they will come down. So I think we're going to see a very vigorous debate. All right. We'll keep an eye on it. Ben Yellen, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. 
Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. Thank you.